Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Lynn Norris. Here's your daily tip from the experts at Real Simple. What is quiet quitting? And is it really just work-life balance? By Lisa Milbrand. When I first saw the headlines about the latest workplace buzzword, quiet quitting, I expected it was about someone who ghosts their employer or quits without saying goodbye to her colleagues. Instead, the term is being used for people who continue to come to work every day and do their job, but maybe aren't going above and beyond. They're turning off notifications and not answering work emails at 10 p.m. In other words, quiet quitting is simply people looking for a little more work-life balance while actually putting in the work. By calling it quiet quitting, employers have pushed the narrative that above and beyond performance is what's expected. Quiet quitting is commonly being referred to as doing the bare minimum at work, which makes it sound like people are being lazy or entitled, says Ed Zitron, CEO of public relations firm EZPR, who has written extensively on the topic. The bare minimum actually means working the hours you're meant to, doing the tasks you're assigned, which is otherwise known as going to and doing your job. And framing accomplishing the tasks you are hired to do as quitting could paint people who aren't burning the midnight oil in a less-than-flattering light. The term can be weaponized against workers and employees who are simply saying that their work is commensurate with what employers are giving them in terms of pay, respect, and autonomy, says Cynthia Pong, founder and CEO of career coaching firm Embrace Change. There should be nothing wrong with that. Workers and employees shouldn't be shamed or accused of not doing good work because they want to have a life. While it's getting a lot of exposure now, people setting boundaries for work-life balance isn't anything groundbreaking. It may be a TikTok phenomenon, but it is definitely not new, Pong says. If anything, this has to do with generational values. What this generation wants and values is less of an all-about-money kind of thing. But all the upheaval of the past few years may be the reason so many people are souring on going the extra mile for their companies all at once. Quiet quitting is not the quitting version of the Great Resignation. With early pandemic layoffs and staffing issues due to illness and resignations, many companies have tried to make do while being understaffed. It can be really tiring when you're constantly under-resourced, Pong says. Teams are burnt out and fatigued, and some employers have tried to guilt or shame people into going into this overwork situation and to kind of abdicate the idea of healthy workplaces. Returning to the office may have been the final straw for many workers. Bosses do not trust their workers to do their jobs and can't seem to realize how much that damages morale, Zitron says. Quiet quitting can also be considered a bit of a correction after lean-in and hustle culture ruled career-focused conversations over the past few years. There's been a flat-out rejection of that, Pong says. People are not going to jump through hoops. If they're still not going to get a promotion or raise, they're going to put up boundaries. And it may just be a function of workers getting fed up. Corporate America rarely gives transparent career progression within an organization, and they don't pay overtime, Zitron says. 
Yet they expect for people to take on extra responsibilities and work harder. It's just deeply unreasonable. For people who feel burned out, setting healthy boundaries around work could help you course correct and find the balance you crave. Here are a few tips. The constant tether of the smartphone may have led to a lot of the work time creep, but you can also use it to take time back. Snooze notifications from Slack and work emails when your workday is done, and don't accept work calls after a certain hour. Next, take advantage of your golden hours. Are there times when you're really cranking on work? Make sure you block those off and make the most of them. And for those times in the day when your energy flags, save the mindless tasks. The next step is to set boundaries with your team. If you've been a 24-7 worker, you may need to re-educate your team and your supervisor about when you're available. You can simply say something like, I won't be available after 7 p.m., but we'll be able to get back to you first thing in the morning. Thanks for listening. Check back tomorrow or go to realsimple.com for the latest. Spoken Layer Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.